Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. You will have guessed from the title, unless the title wasn't in there, but I've called it Christmas, not all it's cracked up to be. Because you know what? Christmas sometimes isn't a great space for people. Um, Okay, so big shout out to our new members and always a shout out to the main crew. If you don't know me, I am Vivincy, a registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services, where I help people uh, where I help people pinpoint, pinpoint confusion and chaos so they can achieve the clear, calm and confident life they want. Um, this community is all about learning and connecting in a less formal way, but very much underpinned by the principles that I work with in my practice every day. We have gone through a ton of topics over the last nine months and whether you've wherever you've joined, you would have caught some of them. Hopefully you've gone back and um, checked some of the early ones out because they're really cool. But tonight I'm going to go down a different track and I'm actually going to do a recap of all the topics and bring it all together for you in the new year. Because what I find is that at this time of the year is that you can give people a ton of information and guess what? It doesn't stick simply because we all have other shit to think and do, right? This time of the year brings out the crazy in all of us. But if you add that into the crazy year that we have had on a whole, well, that's a whole new level of crazy. So no more talk about change and distress tolerance, even though they are seriously two of my favorite topics. We will come back to them. Tonight... I am going to bring in the reality of what some of us are thinking about. In fact, probably more people than you realise. Because if there is one thing I hoped would be learnt uh, during this time of COVID, it's that our actions are often the end result of a series of feelings which begin with thoughts. So if we're all thinking about stuff with Christmas, it's going to, the actions are going to be the final results. So if we think about that, when we begin to no- what we begin to notice at this time of the year is the rush, the rush for buying presents, the rush, uh, the rush of people. Within two weeks, we will begin to see the rush for food. Now, along with this rush, can come a lack of courtesy. We see it on our roads, we see it in our shopping centres, we begin to see it at home. We put it down to the Christmas rush, but what if it's something more than that? What if the rush is just another distraction? Now go back to my very first topic when COVID started with this crazy scene, distraction. If you haven't heard it, have a listen. It talks about actions covering up something that we don't want to see. The thing about Christmas, it comes incredibly at the same time every year. However, we still all do the same thing, rush. Now there's a reason for that. Christmas Christmas isn't all it's cracked up to be. Now what does that mean? For some people, it's shit. It highlights everything that they may be trying to avoid. 
and then you ask why would people avoid Christmas because it hurts Christmas grief is a thing Christmas grief doesn't necessarily relate to a death but when it does hell that hurts even more Christmas like a lot of holidays, is a time when people look forward to the comforting nature of tradition. But when a loss happens, that tradition is disrupted. So it's a bit like a boat. If the boat loses a crew member, the whole boat becomes unbalanced and those still on board need to find a new way of sailing forward. So a transition is taking place. You may want things to just be the same, which they can never be. Or you may want things to be different, which can be equally as difficult. Expectations can lead you to imagine that Christmas is going to be the worst possible day of your life. The mind can go into overdrive and it creates really fearful images of what the day will be like without your loved one. Now, I just want to repeat here what I said before. Grief is not always about death. And I want to explain this a little because often what I find is that there can be misunderstandings simply around this tiny fact. When I first began my studies, you had to pick specialties. And I picked two, relationships and family therapy and grief. Now, a few of my friends were surprised at this. In fact, most of my graduating class specialised in children and parenting or drugs and alcohol. So why did I pick grief? Now, I'm sure you're all going to think I'm especially noble to want to help, help grief-stricken people. But the honest answer, I knew it would be easy and I wouldn't have to spend much time on it. You see, I have lived the grief experience for most of my adult life. I knew it. It was something that I just, I just did. We just did it. So little backstory. Some of you will know this story. At 19, I lost my brother. He was killed in a car accident. And that began the merry-go-round of grief for me and my family. So yes, it was death that began the cycle of grief. But what my studies taught me was that the biggest loss for me was not my brother in a way, but the ripple effect that that loss had on my mum. You see, a part of her went away after that and never came back. So that is a loss where no one has died. Sometimes it's easier to deal with a death because we know they are gone. But what do you do with a loss when no one has died? And this is what happens at Christmas. So it's like the perfect storm of both. So some people experience grief as a loss of the person who has died. And others are experiencing grief as the loss of a family breakdown or a divorce, an argument even the loss of the dream you had as a family. There is illness. There is grief when there is illness. Why? Because it's different. And different can feel like you have lost something that you can't quite put your finger on. But this year in particular, it's really intense. We've been separated from loved ones against our wish. And even though in reality, there may not have been an actual loss, it feels like a loss. Mothers and fathers without their children, children without mums and dads, grandparents without grandchildren. What's interesting in some ways is that there are often Christmases where events would have prevented people from seeing each other anyway. But when it's not your choice or it's forced, it will feel like loss. And because it feels like loss, 
you need to treat it as such. A loss is a loss. People feel it differently, but they still feel it. When we are in pain, we sometimes don't see other people's pain, and this is what can cause more pain. So while some people keep busy to distract themselves, others prefer to withdraw to their memories, but there is no right or wrong way to act or feel. With loss from death, there is a before and an after. You can't go back to the person you were before. The experience will change who you are. The after doesn't mean getting over it. It means you will need to readjust. And part of that readjustment can mean accepting that there are times that are just not fun, that it's okay to not want to be merry, and it's sometimes okay not to go. Now, whilst I learnt all of these things, I also learnt that it's not okay to block everyone out or to hide away without being honest about my feelings and that sometimes it can be fun, even if it is shitty. You know, sometimes that's the hardest thing to deal with, that you feel this sense of feeling bad, that you actually enjoy the moment. That's the hardest thing to deal with. Now, how do you navigate this on the day? Well, you got to throw your expectations out the window. In truth, the day might be bloody awful. It might be difficult. It might be okay. It might even be enjoyable. It might be a mixture of all of those things. It's different for every person and your only job is to have it be the way it will be for you. So be open to it being what it is. You may have a whole roller coaster of emotions all in the one day and maybe that will be fine. One of the big things that you can do, we say, is do things differently. All right, now, whether you like it or not, Christmas is already going to be different. You can maximise on this by accepting that fact that it's already different. You can keep some of the traditions and let go of others. You can even invent new ones. Now, there are layers to grief. Your layer will depend on where you are in the cycle and the loss. If it's day two of the loss, then no amount of doing things different is going to help you on the day. All right? That's, that's, the, that's the honest truth. It's going to be hard. And you need to be able to be free enough to accept where you are at that point in time. It's okay. If it's day 200, doing things differently can help. It won't make it better. It just makes it different. And that can be the power in it. By taking charge of the different, you get to set new patterns and new actions and you keep moving forward. Now, if you are on day two, you still feel like you're on day two. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. All right. Now, number three, welcome your loved one in. This is really, really important. It and, and, and depending on where you are in the cycle, it may be easier to do. It may not be easy to do. All right. But what I can tell you is that it is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do to move through a space, all right? Because you do exactly that. You create a space. You create a space for your loved one. You are, but you're also creating a space for everyone else who's there too. Some people are more attached to the person that's gone or it's totally different. So there can be an awkwardness, all right? It's all too easily, it's all too easy to become 
a day that is dominated by the one thing everyone is not speaking of, the person who is not there. It's the big pink elephant in the room. If this is in relation to death, then tell family members in advance what you will be doing. Invite them to bring their memories and share them. It's far better to speak about your loved one often and in an easy manner. Share memories over the course of a meal that everyone has of them. Let their name be spoken out loud. Remember what they would have found funny. If this is in relation to a family split, pretending that the person doesn't exist or not mentioning the name only creates the atmosphere becoming awkward. So opening the space creates connection. You will feel a sense of peace even though there is sadness simply because you are present in your feelings. Own them. There is no shame in owning your feelings and feeling them. If I have taught you nothing this year, then let that statement be it. There is no shame in owning and feeling your feelings. If you are staring at this screen and rolling your eyes thinking, there is no way in hell I want to connect to that asshole that left me, then you have missed the point. The connection is about you and your loved ones, not the other person. It is connection to your children who will be either missing a mother or a father on the day. It is the connection to the rest of the family who are still there and feeling awkward about the situation. Now, another little story. So in relation to my brother's death. So my brother and sister were twins. So after my brother died, my sister basically did not celebrate a birthday for probably nearly 10 years. When she finally did, it started small and there were two of us with her. But something happened that changed everything. We made a booking for three for lunch. But when we arrived, they'd made an error and the booking and the table were set for four. Now, initially, we didn't think much of it. But when you sit down and there is a setting for a fourth person, it literally quickly highlights the elephant in the room. It was, it was all a bit weird. But you know what? We brought my brother into that moment by saying, oh, looks like he wants to celebrate too. And it actually brought laughter and some tears. But ever since, her birthday has always made an extra booking. We have always done an extra booking and we all know who that chair is for. But the point is that when she learnt to celebrate again, that meant we all could. And that's probably the most important part in this about welcoming your loved one in. Sometimes the pain of remembering is what will actually push them out. All right. But bringing them in can help you reconnect and, and learn how to celebrate again. Okay, number four, be kind to yourself. Go back to all my self-care videos. If you are not kind to yourself with both your sadness and your joy, then it is easy for it to get tainted with resentment, duty and obligations. This sets off thoughts such as no one understands what it's like for me. And if you have watched my what's the difference between surrender and giving up video, then you will know that this is a disempowering statement. If you haven't watched it, go back and have a look. For the podcasters, this is episode 29. Have a listen if you haven't already listened. So on the day itself, be as kind to yourself as you can be. Take time out to just support 
and give to yourself. Ask yourself, what will I need on that day to help me through? Shit, it could simply be in the form of a nana nap in the middle of the day. Have a friend who will be able to take a call or send a text. Sometimes being with kids is easier than being with adults. So if you've got kids around, you know, they, they are levelers kids. They, but if you're sad, they will say to you, what's wrong with you? If not, they'll just play. They will just play. They can be so in the present. It can really help. One of the big things about being yourself, though, and knowing what you need is communicating that clearly. You've got to communicate it clearly, but in a loving way. It's nobody's fault. Be willing to take care of yourself, even if others don't like it. If you don't give to yourself first, then you will not be able to give to others freely. You know, you've got to treasure any moments of unexpected joy and happiness you experience. Don't feel guilty about it. This is what I was talking about before. Sometimes you'll find that you will enjoy it and then you berate yourself when you have a happy moment. Happy moments are normal and healthy. If you choose to participate in festivities, own that and think about how your loved one would have wanted you to carry on with your life. And in the case of split families, it teaches your children that life goes on. Number five, accept and reach out for help. This is a biggie. This is where putting on a brave face and pretending have they've got to go out the window. Of course, we don't want you to, you know, be negative Nancy and dampen everybody else's day. It's not about that. That's why I said you've got to communicate it, be honest with it, own it. But that's exactly what you do by pretending that you are okay and don't need anything from anybody else. If you need a hug or a cuddle, ask for it. If you can't ask the adults, ask the kids. They'll gladly give it to you. If you need practical help uh, with something, ask. And when people offer help, accept it. Even if it is difficult, even if it's not your style, do things differently and say yes. Now, number six, this one's actually quite a good one. If you're not up to celebrating this year or you need a change from past traditions that may be too painful to take part in, the biggest thing I would suggest is not actually spending it on your own because that's where you can go into, I don't want to say self-pity because it's not self-pity, It's but it can be a depth of sadness that is too hard to handle on your own. Okay, so this is where this one comes in. Spend some time helping others out. Volunteer. Go to a crisis centre. I know that if, if you're local, we have a great centre here that uh, at St Pat's. They do a big Christmas lunch and you can go. You can be around people. And perspective is the big thing that can help us change how we see things. Sometimes helping others is the added benefit of making you feel better. It offers a powerful distraction because remember not all distractions are bad and sometimes you get perspective but it's about doing something differently if you don't think you can handle it though I would just prefer if I could if that was the one thing I could say to anyone don't hide hide away don't lock yourself away if you're not ready to spend it with family go spend it somewhere different okay number seven Get some fresh air. If all else fails and you're in the middle of a crazy Christmas lunch and it all gets too much, get out. Get outside. Tempting as it may be to stay hidden under the bed covers or glued to mindless TV, 
try to make the effort to get out and about, even if it's on the day. Um, you know, try, and, and in fact, be careful with television because it's covered in Christmas content. God, that is like mind-numbing at the best of times sometimes. But it's like when you're sad and you watch a sad movie, it just makes it worse. Sometimes you've got to watch a comedy. You've got to watch a comedy to try and do that, okay? Um, try and include some other activities like, you know, walking, get out of the house. Get out, getting outside is key for mental health. Low-key events such as a trip to the cinema or go with a friend. You just need a welcome escape doesn't have to be a problem. Distraction doesn't have to be a problem. You just have to know that you are distracting and be able to come back. Number eight, my old favourite really. Well, normally the other way. Number eight is limit your alcohol. Don't increase it, limit it. Now, while it might seem like a good idea to dive headfirst into that bottle of red wine to help numb the pain, overdoing it on the alcohol front will likely leaving leave you feeling a whole lot worse alcohol can exaggerate some feelings and make you feel angry or aggressive it can also make you feel more depressed and you know certain alcohol certain types of alcohol will do that more than others and our new favorite uh drink that's hitting everywhere at the moment is particularly bad for it gin gin is one of those um alcohols that will completely enhance the mood you begin drinking it with so if you begin to drink when you are sad you are gonna end up worse I, we don't know why but it does gin is one of them it doesn't happen with all the alcohols but alcohol in itself can do that now loss is a really big topic and i have specifically only addressed this in terms of christmas why because loss is specific it can be complicated it is not a topic that should be introduced in detail on a video and then say catch you later it needs to be handled with care because that's what is needed you need to, to be have a safe space there will be a saying that goes with grief that you may have heard before and it says there is no time frame for grief now whilst that is true to some degree in theory there is a time frame for a period, um, there is a time, a time period for someone to move through the stages of grief before it becomes complicated, all right? And complicated means that you can get stuck. So it, rather than just be grief, it becomes complicated grief, all right? So it's not that you're getting over it or anything, it's just that you can move through the stages of grief. Now, if you get stuck, it's one of the worst things for grief is to stay in it, to stop living. Nobody wants that. Not the ones who are left behind, uh, not the ones who left and not the ones who are left behind. So if grief or loss is something that is around you, then reaching out for help in a one-to-one -one context is good. But there are some really great groups for grief. And, and I'm a real advocate for group work. I, I started my training, a lot of my training, in group work. Some people are really frightened off by groups, and I, and I can understand why, but the power in group therapy is incredible. You can move through all elements of therapy much, much quicker in groups, simply because what the group has to offer is far more than an individual, say, as a counsellor, can offer you. 
You learn from each other. You learn from each other because you connect to each other. You understand each other. And I think if there is one thing that, and that, that at the end of the day, after all the bullshit of, yes, I'm a grief counsellor, um, the one thing that I actually really do love about dealing with grief for people is that I can connect to people because I've been there and I understand it. And people get that. They get that sense from me. I, I don't rush it. I don't, it doesn't make me upset that other people are upset. I can just sit with it. I lived with it. So I get it. And that's probably one of the most powerful things that I learned about grief. And I would never have known that had uh, I not had experienced all that grief all those years ago over a long period of time. Now, one of the other things I was actually going to mention it. What was it? Hang on. Um, now, that's what I was going to say. If you... Um, so, look, I, I don't go too far into grief because it, it can be very tricky, all right? But don't be afraid to connect to people that can help you move, move forward. Now, I am more than happy to do another live on grief if that is something that you guys want. You just let me know the questions you have around it and I can book it into the topics that I've got planned for next year. Because whilst I've got to be a bit careful going into talking about particular grief or incidents of grief, what I can introduce to you is the, the model of grief, which, you know, loss is loss. I actually, when I started up at um, my premises now in East Fremantle, I thought, oh, great, I'm going into a really sort of business orientated. There's quite a bit of money around there. I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to do a lot of corporate. I'll never have to do grief again. How can I do more grief now than ever? Because Grief is about loss. It doesn't have to be about death. There's people losing businesses all over the place. And guess what? I still use the same model because loss is loss. They've got to move through the same model. Some people don't know the model of grief. I can help with that. If that's what you want, send me messages. Let me know. The topics that I have planned for next year, I'm actually really excited about because I get to work with a clean start. Looking at a year in the life of is actually really fun rather than jumping in on a crazy COVID life. So we've got some really good topics planned for next year. Now, tune in next week to find out how to deal with the sitcom I like to call the Family Christmas Shit Show. And it's all about handling family fallouts, expectations and our old friend resentment. Send me any questions privately if you want to, because grief is a big one. You don't need to let everyone know, but I'm happy to have a look at some, uh, any questions that you've got. And if you want to talk about something, if you want something that you want me to discuss for next year, send it over. We need to know, because otherwise I'm going to be talking about everything that I want, which is, you know, great. Anyhow. I will tune in next week, hopefully see you guys all then, to watch the Christmas shit show. It's going to be fun. And I'll speak to you then. Have a good one.